I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my business partner, colleague, and friend, Mr. Nick Hodge, who is also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 228th episode of something that a lot of you need out there, a weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk about the markets. We'll talk about what we're investing in. We'll talk about a lot of the stuff that's working. Um, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's not out there. So we'd like to highlight the contrast. And we're going to get into some of the crazy stuff going on around. We're going to touch on it briefly because there's just so much. Nick, what are you mad about this week? Are you mad about the songs? Are you mad about um, Lauren Boebert or whatever her dumb name is throwing, you know, deceased kids pins that were handed to her by parents in the garbage in front of the parents. Um, what are we mad about this week? It feels like everybody wants something to be mad about. I tend to be an optimistic guy. I like to look at things on the bright huh. side. If it doesn't affect me directly, I, uh, try to help where I can, but yeah, I don't get riled. I don't get riled up too easily. Are you mad about anything this week? I just dropped my pen. I'm mad about that. Um, no, I don't, you know, I try not to get too riled up. Uh, I didn't see the Lauren Boebert thing. I saw that uh, Mr. Biden did uh, an ad with the uh, the other um, lady who's often lumped in with Boebert, the blonde-haired lady. What's her name? Marjorie Taylor Greene, yes. who wanted Congress to see Hunter Biden having consensual sex with a prostitute. Oh, she did hold up the pictures of Hunter Biden with the prostitutes in Congress this week. Yeah, there's some stuff did happen. That was funny, but I had already <laughs> forgotten about that. So, yeah, she had the actual pictures of Hunter with the um, prostitutes and, and somebody was Hunter saying, was like, Hunter was like, Hunter was like. Mm. <laughs> he, was, he was posing, wasn't he? Uh, no, that's funny, though. Give it to both sides. Uh, but no, not mad. Not mad about that. But the, Duke, the culture wars do continue, and. People continue to get sucked into them, whether it's the uh, Bud Light or I, I think you're referring to the country music song that was banned by CMT this week for potentially being racist, which I listened and watched and it isn't, but it's a dumb song and it's not that great. Um, I saw him live no, last year here, no, here, 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 here in Round Rock, Jason Aldean. I saw him live. He sounded great. His wife was in the audience. Small little bar. I mean, the, the the song itself, if if you know, let's talk about it, right? There's a for context out there, an artist by the name of country music artist by the name of Jason Aldean put out a song that a lot of people took as um a dog whistle. And I could see how you could portray it as a dog whistle. I didn't think it was racist. I did think that he knows his audience, and I did think that there's a way that you can word something where if you know, you know. You know, I grew up in the inner city for the most part, and I could say certain things when you're in certain neighborhoods. And if I know you're in a neighborhood, I could word a thing if I don't like you to make it to where you might see some hostilities to your personal self if I'm tied in to the right demographic in that area, right? And I think that's what people should have said as opposed to just calling it racist because I didn't see the racism behind it. I definitely saw the little dog whistle there like, you know, I'm a small town boy and, you know, I come out here with that Antifa stuff and you can, you know, that's what his video meant, right? I saw the video. You come out here throwing the flag and, you know, you, you'll get dealt with. We don't, we don't do that around these small parts. I understand the message. I understand people going, you know, it's a dog whistle to his base, but who cares? Like, yeah, you know, who cares? One, the guy didn't even grow up in a small town. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny, right? Because I'm, I'm a geek, so I like knowing the background of everything. I was like, oh, man, Jason Aldean, okay. He grew up in a town with like 160,000 people. So what? He's a small funny. town boy, right? Which was hilarious. Um, 
two of the song. I didn't find it racist. I, I, I found the video more provocative than the actual song. And I think the imagery that was used, you know, could, could be used to, you know, poke at a certain side and a certain uh, group of, 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 of people of, of all walks of life, all colors, right? Activists in general is, I think, who he was targeting. I think he doesn't appreciate activism that involves anything other than just agreeing with the government which again is bonkers to me because like the country music that I grew up listening to and that I enjoy to this day is is typically very anti-government. It's, you know, the real don't tread on me people, not the fake don't tread on me people that are then like, you know, uh, I want the government to be like my buddy. Like, I don't know when that changed in country music, but there's not a lot of us left on that front. You know, Sturgill Simpson is one. There's a couple of others that still are like, hey, all we want to be is left alone. And you know what, Mr. Government, you're an idiot. Like, just stay away from all of this stuff. Stay away from our reproductive rights. Stay away from our guns. Do the bare minimum that you have to do and get out of my way. And I think I think where we are at a crossroads culture wars wise, where I think everybody is hypersensitive. And if I could just say something to our audience, people, don't fall for it. These people don't care That's about it. you. These people don't care about you. And it's timely. And I only led with this during this episode because Neil Howe's book is is is, is, out. is is out. And, you know, Neil Howe, for those of you that aren't familiar, is the co-author of The Fourth Turning, which describes the period that we're in, the, the, the point in the cycle of turning, as he phrases it. Um, and culture wars are very much a prominent part of this turning and will continue to be so, according to him, until at least... 2032-ish, if I remember the number correctly. And so don't fall for it. These people don't care about us, y'all. Like the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the, uh, and the, that, that shit does, I don't think she even has her GED. She met her guy cheating on like the other, like it's a whole mess. And J- Jason Aldean, he met his wife cheating on his wife. Like his new wife, met cheating, like small town values, get out of here with all this. So these people don't care. They just want to sell to you. And you clearly fall for it because the song went to number one on the country charts immediately, right? Right. So, eh, yeah. No, you made great points there. And um, I'll probably clone some of what you said. But yeah, don't fall for it would be one of the things I said, right? Separate the the whistle or the dog whistle from the noise, right? Um, And dog whistle is a good way to frame it. You know, it was just like Trump in some respects and that he gives you, uh, he gave you just enough in that song, just like Trump gives you just enough to, to make you think that, he's on your side or you can be racist or you can go, you know, get violent at whatever, um, uh, a pride rally or because you don't like the <laughs> election results or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, he was very good at, at walking that line and not being overtly racist, but, uh, the song was bad as I already said. And some of the things he was talking about, like holding up a convenience store and stealing a car, like that shit happens in small towns all the time, man. Dude, watching the song, it it was like, there was like, what is there, never crime in a small town? Like, I have a buddy who I went to high school with whose parents own a a small motel in Elkton, Maryland. Then, you know, two years ago, a guy walks through the front door and shoots him through the plexiglass in the motel, kills the mom, and then wounds the dad. Like, shit happens in a small town. I didn't see anybody come out with, like, for vigilante justice. You know, I didn't see the militia come out and try to hunt that guy down in a small town because that don't stand around here. Like the song was just a non sequitur. It was clearly meant just to stir up um, and appeal to the bases, um, you said. And 
Um, that's exactly how I took it. So well said. And my copy of the fourth turning in seer arrived this week. And let me tell you, it is intimidating. I, I'm finishing up another book, but it is, um, it's dense to be sure. Okay. Well, I have I'm a couple, so I haven't started it yet. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple of books that I'm finishing. So I, I I'm, I'm waiting a week or two, uh, before I get into it. Cause I do want to dive into it, but that is, I've gotten into a bad habit, Nick, of picking up three or four books at a time and reading the yeah. first half of all of them. And then in my mind, thinking I get it all. And, and then going, okay, on to the next one. I, I, I don't want to do that with this book because I know it's not one that will allow me to do so. So anyhow, um, our politicians are mostly idiots, y'all, on both sides. Uh, they all have secret service protection. You don't. They all have health benefits for life. You don't, despite the laws they pass preventing you from having access to the same care that they get, that we pay for, the taxpayers. There's so much more that unites us than what divides us. And the stuff that divides us doesn't have to be that divisive to where it's life and death, everyone. And so I would just hope everybody can focus on that, no matter where you're from, what language you speak, what your political beliefs are. There's a movie I'm excited about, Oppenheimer, right? Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm a history geek and already that's being politicized. And I'm like, can you guys just watch the movie first? Can, can we wait? Before we make this guy a hero or a demon, can we wait to see how he's how he's how he's portrayed? And you know, can we appreciate Christopher Nolan, who's one of my favorite directors, right? Interstellar and uh, Inception and uh, a number of just brilliant, brilliant films. Um, but again, just the, the 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 need to be so tribal, it's overdone and it's not necessary. So anyhow, most of y'all don't tune in for our social commentary. That was it right there. Let's get to the markets. Uh, Gold is boring again, right? Gold is boring again. The dollar index is back above 100. We talked last week about the dollar falling out of bed and wondering if it was going to stay below that 100 level. We know now on Thursday, July the 20th, that it's held it pretty much for the whole week. And I think, you know, gold's retreated a bit. It's, it's, it's in the 1965, 1966 level. Thoughts on gold and, and by default silver, right? The bipolar cousin. Yeah, Um the dollar is still not as strong as it was. It, it did come right back up to that 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 100 mark. Um, gold was really strong this week. Look, it, it was it tested the 1900 level and in the, in the end of June, right, heading into July, it, it broke below 1900 and quickly added 80 dollars or you know some three percent or something in the past three or four weeks. Um, probably a little overbought uh, at this point. Remember, I was telling you it's time to buy the gold dips, and you're going to continue to get dips. Um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, the trees, of course, don't uh, grow to the sky. And so and things get bought up for a couple of weeks and then they there's profit taking and consolidation and, and they come back down a little bit Two, um, the, bond, the, the bond markets and, the, and the, the dollar are still wonky, like they're making big moves and they typically don't make big moves. Uh, the dollar just had a big move to the downside. Um, rates have sort of been gyrating. All right. Um, at going all over the place on the back of CPI, which we got last week at three uh, 3%. We'll have a Fed meeting next week, Ooh, July 26, I believe wrong. it is, where there's like <laughs> over a 99% chance of another quarter point hike. So you'll likely see, you know, short-term rates continue to be elevated and, and, and short-term rates uh, continue to come down, which is ultimately good for gold. Um, uh but we'll see what the timeline is uh, for that to happen. So uh, as I've been saying, you know, gold dips down to 1900 are to be bought both in um, the physical uh, commodity or currency, gold itself, and also in um, gold equities, which started to catch a bit here over the past couple of weeks. So if I look at my portfolio, things like big things like Agnico, uh, we're moving up, for example, even the ETFs, GDX and, and GDXJ, and then some of the 
the quality and cashed up developers and, and explorers have been um, moving up as well. So good to see some signs of life there, but, but caution not to chase, right? Um, like I said, you just had an $80 move higher in gold. It's likely going to retrace some of that and give you an opportunity to buy. And as some companies might uh, cooperate with that pullback to give you an opportunity to buy, like Numa reported earnings today, for example, and, and though they declared a, a, a 40 cent per share dividend, which I think works out to something like three and a half or 3.7%, um, they're all in sustaining costs were, were Ooh, high. Man. Horrible. Um, and so 1450 an ounce, right? 1450, 1460 yeah. an ounce. Yeah. For a major mining company, folks, those are, those are some very, very high, high, all in sustaining cost. Yeah. Uh, but remember, it's still going to have to digest Newcrest. It had a, a had a, a big acquisition recently. It'll incorporate those assets and um, will likely be okay in the medium to long term. And so that's what I mean by waiting for pullbacks to to add to positions. Like I'm on Newman, for example, and it might give you an opportunity to buy here over the coming days. Um, and the other thing is, uh, gold's going to make another run at 2,000 eventually. I mean, it's failed the past couple of times. It's done it, but once it 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 does break through that level. Um, some of those margin concerns are eased, right? Your margins obviously expand even at fourteen hundred uh, all in sustaining costs when gold is at twenty thousand fifty an ounce or twenty one hundred an ounce. So, um, pick your spots, be patient, and um, certainly let's see what happens over the next uh, week or so here with uh, rates and the and the GDP that's going to come in. Because, um, and sorry to go all the way down the 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 macro stuff with the answer, but the data is all over the place, like. Uh, retail sales are soft, um, but earnings have been okay so far. Less than a, yeah. uh, less than a hundred companies have reported from the S and P, but so far earnings growth instead of the forecasted um, earnings contractions. Um, and so, uh, and the VIX continues to be low. So, um, but you have op options expiration expiration this week, and there's like over a trillion dollars in X SPX calls. And so, um, we need to digest this data and and see which way things are going to go. I like it. Uh, uranium's still boring right now. We won't get into uranium this week. Sorry, uranium bugs. It's not time yet. I'm, I'm a uranium bull as much as you are. I'm positioned for it. We'll have our day in the limelight. It's not this week. It's not going to be next week either. So we'll put uranium on pause for a second. Overall indices, the Dow made a new high. Um, it's still being led by primarily seven companies, right? And so I, I, I can't help but tell everyone to be cautious. It's not consequential to me because I don't dabble in the major indices. All of my exposure is in the resource space, in mining stocks, with few exceptions. And even those exceptions, like MineHub, um, is, is you know a, a tech company, a logistics company, essentially, that's looking to digitize uh, the supply chain in the mining space. And so even that has mining company exposure. So for me, whether the Dow goes to 50,000 or 15,000 doesn't matter, but hey, look, I got uncles and aunts and cousins that have 401ks and it's very consequential for them, right? As their primary source of, of exposure to the stock market. So where do you think we are with the Dow? And, 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 and my spidey senses say, be cautious because it's really easy to make new highs with seven companies leading the charge. It's really easy to make that a U-turn really quick as well. Yeah, I'll answer that. But I, let me talk about uranium for one second once you wanted to hop over. Um, yeah. The spot price is trying to consolidate at 55. So um, it, it's been over a, a year or around a year since the prices were above that level. And and Cameco is sneaky at like a 52-week high. But there are some that um, haven't come entirely out of the doldrums from that nasty sentiment we saw in March that are um, still what I would say are buy rated in my opinion. So 
Um, those ones that have, have remained weak, uh, I would be willing to, to continue to buy here. But yeah, no imminent um, catalyst. As far as the, the broad market indices, gosh, man, you, you know, it, you pressed me last week about this bull and bear market, and I was saying um, <laughs> the, the price keeps going up, and so it looks like a bull market, but a lot of the data isn't that great. And then over the past week, some of the data has actually improved, like earnings, which I was just talking about. Banks came out and had okay earnings. JP Morgan earnings were, 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 were good. Bank of America earnings were good. At Goldman Sachs earnings were bad, but they had paired expectations down so much that the stock actually went up on what was a very bad quarter for the company. Um, and so the so stock prices continue to go up such that um, even the mainstream is starting to realize that they're at least short-term overbought, right? Like, um, gosh, I turned on Bloomberg during lunch yesterday and today, and um, they were talking about Carvana being up a thousand percent year to date, right? And I guess it is, you know, just because it, it sure. literally bottom ticked like December 31st and, and January 1st at, I don't know, six or seven bucks or something, and it's run to almost 60. Um, and so I guess that's right. That would be your 10 bagger. Yeah. Um, but, but it's down from like over 200 and some dollars at the, at the peak a year ago. Right. And they, they don't mention that part. They just, they talk about the, the stocks going up, but even they were saying, so that was yesterday. It was up like, I don't know, 15 or 30% in one day because it restructured debt or some, something that was dumb. Right. It wasn't like a real catalyst. And then today, lo and behold, it's back down. Right. And so when I was listening today, it's like, Oh, um, these stocks have been going up. There's some profit taking going on. It's probably time to be cautious. This is even Bloomberg saying that, yeah. right? Um, I mentioned options ex exploration this week, uh, which could really affect the VIX. And, and that's the the end of my answer is you have you have a VIX that um, has been really subdued over the past couple of months. And, and there's really no more downside left in it. Uh, I think it's bottomed out. It's been... Um, oversold if the VIX can be oversold, but really that's just a function of so many call options being bought on the SPX, right? That's driven that down. Um, that it, it feels like there's going to be some volatility in the short term. And next next week or this week, by the time you see that, would be a perfect opportunity for that, given the Fed meeting and the and the GDP numbers that are due to come out. So um, we'll see. Short term uh, overbought in the in the broad <coughs> markets for sure, though. Though uh, I see a lot of FOMO out there and. I continue to lighten up a little bit too. Like um, my portfolio has been on the move. You mentioned people that have 401ks and, and IRAs of which I have both and they're not entirely invested in resource stocks. I do a, other sectors, larger companies, et cetera. And um, yeah, mama didn't raise no fool. I've been banking some of those gains over the past couple of weeks as, as this market screams higher, right? It's still hold over a third in cash in those accounts. I like it. Um, Companies that are making new highs. Minehub hasn't made a new high, but it's broken out clearly, right? It's surged this past- It's up 90% uh, since May. Yeah, and, and you know, coincidentally, I think we wrote a check in, in, in what, May, June yeah. for 16 cents or something like that. It closed today at 37 cents, 38 cents. And so Minehub is moving. I think we told you about that when it was at the 24, 25 cent level about a month or so ago. Clearly has some momentum. New CEO, smart as a whip, very aggressive, um, knows the space like the back of her hand. I'm excited for Minehub and the rest of the year and the rest of 2024. I think they're going to have some exciting partnerships. Bravo Mining, which uh, you and I both help finance and, and, and luckily we're able to share with our subscribers. You know, that's close to a thousand percent winner there, right? We financed it at 50 cents US. 
it hit a new high of $5.05 today before pulling back just a tad bit, but or $5.24, apologies. So that's clearly working and we're still um, awaiting the results from that survey that's going to, I think, indicate the potential for nickel massive nickel massive sulfide uh across many many kilometers underneath the luanga deposit i think that's on its way to 10 bucks in a hurry nick any thoughts on bravo and minehub which i know we both own and and they're both in our letters minehub uh just for the record i think you wrote a check at 20 cents um which came with a, a half warrant at 40 cents and that financing was weird because it was originally announced at 25 cents with a 40 cent warrant Um, And they closed the tranche at that level, and then they repriced uh, the last one million at twenty cents, still with a forty cent warrant. But the people that paid twenty five cents a share get an extra year on that warrant. So um, it was a bit wonky, but it was good to get the money (laughs) raised, um, nonetheless, because um, obviously that um, you know put some money in the treasury. But then right behind that, Sumitomo came in and gave them a million and. A million dollars in non-dilutive capital to continue to expand their operations. And so they'll still need to raise a little bit more money to get to break even. But now they can do that at at higher prices um, and and maybe with a strategic partner. So uh, MindHub is is looking good. Um, Bravo has only been trading for uh, around a year. I think it listed in July or August last year at, um, gosh, I don't know where it came out trading between, I don't know, $1.50 and $1.70 or something. And uh, Canadian and is now over five dollars Canadian. I mean, there's nothing. There's no resistance above it, right? And the 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 share structure is tight. Management owns something like sixty percent. A BlackRock owns uh, I don't know another five or six or seven percent. I don't think they've gone to nine percent yet. But anyway, um, Sprott's in there. Rick Rule is in there. We're in there, and and I haven't been a seller of, of, of any shares, and so. Not a lot of shares out there if people want to get in on this story. And it seems like just um, anecdotally, more people are get, getting interested. Like when I look at stock message boards and things, and like nobody was ever talking about Bravo for the past year. And in the past month or so, people are starting to get really interested um, because of this uh, EM survey results that are um, likely going to be out over the, the next month. And because now they're drilling below, um, you know, previous drilling. So we'll get to see truly what. Um, is underneath and if the mineralization continues at depth. So um, Bravo is continuing to look good. Uh, you know, I, I'd be interested to see. I, I was thinking about it like from the perspective of my letter. I, I recommended it last August. And so it would behoove people to wait until August if they if they did want to yeah. take profits for tax purposes, right? Yeah. Because you go from a short-term gain to a long-term gain. And so um, we could see some some profit taking as we head into the uh, the fall just because people are uh, will be long-term gains then instead of short-term. But um, nonetheless, I I think the news results that are going to be coming out here in the in the next couple of months are going to propel shares higher. I couldn't agree more. Let's um, let's talk Bitcoin a bit. I know Chris Curl, our, our resident crypto expert, had an excellent you and him had an excellent um, call in here yesterday that 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 went well. And I thought, as always, right, it was really really insightful and it was really good on my end of it to hear his enthusiasm for where we are in that space. I'm crypto agnostic. I still haven't dabbled in the sector. Um, I was wanting a Bitcoin. It got away from me and I don't want to chase it at these levels because I hate chasing things. Um, but anyhow, what, what, what's your take on crypto and Bitcoin in the space right now? It's looking good. Yeah, he's he's clearly more bullish. Um, mm-hmm. 
prices have gone up, not just for Bitcoin, but for some altcoins in the past couple of weeks that have, um, you know, breathed a bit of enthusiasm back into the sector. And you've got to remember, this is a sector that's been beaten down pretty hard. I mean, Bitcoin was was over 60 grand and, and went down to, 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 to 15 grand or so over the past year, a year and a half. So um, there was really some negative sentiment out there. So to have Bitcoin double um, over the past couple of months uh, back to $30,000, um, again, has a bit of an enthusiasm in the sector. And then there's been some um, court rulings of late. Um, I mentioned last week the the SEC um, losing a lawsuit, um, you know, trying to get Ripple declared as a, a security. Um, and then the shares of Ripple um, sort of surged after that, along with some other altcoins. So, um, you know, the, the halving is, is for Bitcoin is going to come next year. And then Chris sees a really bullish period in, in 24 and, and, and 2025. Um I'll give you the same answer I always give you. I'm I'm really long term bullish on on Bitcoin and and I own some myself and and would like to buy more too. Uh, I'm not convinced that uh, the the bear market is over yet, um, but we'll see. Um, like gold, um, you know, once this Fed moves past the rate hike cycle and and starts to pause and and cut, you know, I think Bitcoin could could really do well. I'm just not entirely sure when that's going to be yet. And I guess that's the same across the entire commodity space. Sorry to transgress for a second there. Um, or, or, you know, transgress away, main, Nick. Yeah. I won't the, be offended. Question, but, you know, even the CRB commodity index has been putting in higher lows over the past month or so. I'm not sure if a, a short term bottom is in, but when I look at things like crude oil at, at 77 for the first time since April, um, I look at some of the soft commodities like wheat being up big here over the past couple of weeks, um, even uranium, which I mentioned consolidating at 55 commodity prices are, have been able to catch a bit uh, and are looking to consolidate uh, a bit higher. The only contra signal there is, is copper, which is shied away from $4 uh, again. And I guess the point I was trying to get across or what I've been weighing in my mind is, um, is this the 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 pivot right are they getting priced in because the the pivot is here mm. and the fed is now going to pause after this rate hike and, and there's going to be more liquidity in the system um and and eventually they're going to cut and that's going to lead to a softer dollar which is obviously good for commodities and precious metals and emerging markets or um and i don't have the answer to this so it's just an either or for right now or um, has the recession just been pushed far enough out that there's now a short-term window of time where commodities can do okay before they're then sold down again ahead of a real recession, a recession that materializes sometime next year? And, and I'm not sure what the answer is to that yet, so sorry. No, 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 no. I think uh, that's an insightful answer, and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's refreshing that, you know, oh, my God, we don't know everything. Like, everybody seems to know everything, apparently, right? Um, I tell you who also doesn't know everything is uh, Rio Tinto, right? I was going to ask you about inflation. Uh, we talked rates a bit. We talked the overall indices, and, you know, you touched on it a bit here in, in, in your previous comment, but you know, Real Tinto's having to review its its investment in its Rincon project, right? They were going to pony up $140 million for a processing plant. And when they went to do a review of, of what that actually was going to cost, well, surprise, surprise, it's not $140 million anymore because, ta-da, inflation. And so, you know, this could affect supply. And I wrote about it yesterday um, for Daily Profit Cycle, how there's so many projections about the supply, this lithium supply that's going to be coming online. And it's almost as if the armchair analysts that sit behind a computer have never been to a site visit, have never actually allocated any capital to the space. 
Just believe that because a company says that supply A is coming online in X amount of time, that you can just plug that into a data spreadsheet and get an answer back as to how much supply you're going to have. And ta-da, you just know that's how it's going to be. The mining space is going to throw you curveballs left and right. I don't care how long you've been in this space. And if you haven't actually risked capital and know what that feels like or looks like, um, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. And I think for the people, the Kathy uh, Woods of the people of ARC Fund, who you know a few months ago said that the, the lithium boom was over and she saw a glut in the next year and a half or two, they're going to be proven drastically wrong. And not only that, they're going to cost their subscribers and the people that actually trust them with their funds and capital a lot of money on the wrong side. Not just money they're going to miss out on, but money they're going to lose. Kathy, I should say, because I always bring her up. I'll commend her. She, uh, she, she bought a uranium ETF here in the past week. So she does see a bullish uranium bull cycle coming. She no longer believes in the lithium bull narrative. And it's funny because she actually missed out on the lithium bull narrative. And I find that a lot of the people that weren't picking companies like you, Mr. Hodge, in 2016 and like myself subsequently, um, the people that missed that, that, that run up and that haven't been profiting tend to be the first ones to kind of poo-poo the lithium bull market and say, nah, I think this is overpriced. Nah, I think this is over. It's always funny how that works to me. It's funny to me. Um, yeah, I don't I have a lot to add there. On the inflation concerns, I guess that's happening across the board, whether it's you know, gold companies who have gone from PEA to PFS and all of a sudden their their costs are inflated in their their PFS um, to other sectors as well. I mean, inflation is a, is a real concern and prices are much higher um, now than they were two years ago when, when previous studies were done. So that's just um, par for the course. It's a, a function of reality. Um, you, you talked about Rio Tinto and, and Recon, which is a, a big lithium project. Um, but, but I see this all the time, like, and, and we've talked about it on this podcast hmm. before. Like, um, there was a big deposit of, you know, phosphorus found in, in, in Sweden. I think it was like yeah. 115 uh, kilometers north of the Arctic Circle or something like that. And that's been getting a lot of traction over the past couple of weeks, you know, stories and Reuters and. And the AP and then and then the NPR jumps on about how this can supply all the phosphorus we need for solar panels. And these come around a lot. You know, you know, I think there was a lithium deposit discovered in Iran a couple of months ago. And um, I mentioned some big rare earths deposit that was, you know, discovered in I always forget if it was Norway or, or Finland. And and these numbers uh, are big because it's like, or just look at the one in California, the Salton Sea that was on 60 mm-hmm. minutes for lithium, right? These numbers are big and it's like, oh. This one thing can provide all the, the lithium hmm. necessary for the U.S. for the next however many years or half the uranium for the next year or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, but the average time, and I know this because <laughs> I was just watching a, a video that I helped script for you that had the average time to bring a, a lithium mine online is like, you know, four to five years just to get to um, like a, a permitting decision, right? Yeah. And then um, several more years for for the regulatory bodies to look at it and get public opinion and um, weigh in, et cetera. I mean, uh, yeah, I often talk about, um, you know, Midas Gold or Perpetua, which has not been, been in permitting for, I always say, as long as my daughter's been here. So going on seven years now, and hopefully they get a decision later this year. Or, you know, I heard Rick Rule talking about copper earlier this week, and he was talking about resolution in um, Arizona that's been in permitting for over two decades. And so just to point at something and say, there's enough metals there for X or Y or, or whatever it is, isn't the same as um, 
proving the reserve, de-risking the reserve, financing the mine, permitting the mine, building the mine, extracting the materials. And, and we probably sound like broken records, but that takes a, a very long time. And that's why there's going to be a secular bull market in these um, metals for uh, a very long time to come, likely into the into the next decade. I will say this, profitable broken records are much more fun to listen to than not profitable broken records. So there is that, right? I'll take that every day of the week. Um, what are you watching the markets this week, Nick? Well, by the time you watch this, it's going to be Fed meeting time and then GDP time. So interested to see the market re reaction. Pretty sure the Fed is going to raise another quarter point. It would be shocking if they didn't. Uh, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, it's being priced in over 99%. So looking for the, the market reaction to that. Um, specifically, the movement in the short term and the um, the long term bond yields. So you've had a reinversion of the curve over the past week. Um, it was like over a, a percent inverted, and then the CPI came and bond yields got wonky, and it was only like 0.8 inverted, and now it's back to over a percent inverted. So I um, want to watch those bond yields and the and the dollar response, and then uh, the GDP number too. Um, uh, there's forecast all over the place from you know zero all the way up to two or three percent. So really interested to see where that Q2 GDP number lands next week, and um, expect that there's going to be some. Uh, movement uh, around those decisions and, and those reports. Yeah, personally, I'll be watching for Bravo Mining News. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, Patriot continues to 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 consolidate, right? It's, it, it pulls back nearly every day, just a little bit, and and it's down to like the fourteen dollar level on the Canadian side of things due to lack of news, the fire ban, the lack of drilling. We have a maiden resource estimate, which is, you know, if Blair, if Blair comes through, should be out within the next seven to 10 days. And, and I expect that to be a catalyst. I expect that to also start inviting, um, you know, major companies to be more public about their desire uh, to get in bed with Patriot Battery Metals. I think that'll, you know, put a spark in the stock. And then obviously I want to see drilling resume, right? I want, I want the fires to abate just so people are safe, but... <laughs> That aside, the capitalist in me um, wants to see drilling resume because of the excitement around the exploration um, that Corvette, the exploration upside that Corvette still has. So definitely looking forward to that. I, I'll tell you a little rumor that I heard, um, and this will be interesting for those of you that check this out for the Patriot uh, gossip and, and takes that I have. Um, I, I, I heard that the shorts that are short are shorter than eight bucks. Canadian. Correct. If that's yeah, true, yeah, I don't see them getting it down to eight bucks. Yeah, I don't either. Now, if that's true, one of two things, right? They have a solid plan. They'll get it to eight, and then they'll buy it back up to twelve, and then it's going to run on the maiden resource estimate. And then again, I, I absolutely am fully convinced that we're going to get a major, a chemical company, uh, one of these groups come in and say, "Hey, we want to be first at the table." Uh, whether it's a, a, a downstream deal, a takeoff deal, whatever it is, I think that's right around the corner. I think it's right after the maiden resource estimate. I continue to insist that maiden resource estimate is going to come in no less than 100 million tons, roughly 1.4% on the lithium side of things. And then again, if you take that, you know, that, 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 that cutoff and you bring it down and you go to 1.2 or 1, then you'll start seeing the upside there. But um, yeah, look, look I, I've said it before. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Retail got the stock to where it's at now. Um, it, it's, it's the funds now and the majors and you know, the deals, the offtake deals that are going to be signed that are going to take it to the next level before it gets really, really fun again. So, hey, if you're short at eight bucks, I wish you all, all the luck out there. And uh, either way, 
I say it every week. It doesn't matter. You could take it to eight bucks. I'll be sitting on my shares laughing and uh, waiting for that that turn back upwards. Um, so I'm watching for those two things. And I'm also watching the NASDAQ just for kicks. No, no, no dog, no horse in the race. No, no dog I'm betting on there. But the NASDAQ was down 2% today while the market was up, right? The Dow was up. The S&P was down briefly. But the NASDAQ being down 2% after being a leader here for the past month or two, several months, that was an interesting anomaly to me. And I know it's... Uh, you know, end of the month and options exp- expiration, but I want to see if that continues. That could get yeah. ugly real quick. Yeah, um, there's definitely more downside than upside. Uh, there's some of the stocks in the Nasdaq are uh, uh, still, you know, uh, short-term bullish. Um, but two things I was just going to mention real quick is some of these companies are locked out. You know, one of the big catalysts over the past couple of years has been share buybacks, right? Um, but companies can't buy back their shares uh, during earnings periods, so they're blacked out for a period of time, like when they're coming into and out of earnings. Um, so that's one reason you don't have the support of, of companies buying back shares. And the other reason is um, Taiwan Semi warned this week on um, chip production, right? Remember a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> AI was you know going to the moon. It was adding to GDP. It was going to create growth in all these industries. NVIDIA rocketed, however much NVIDIA rocketed mm-hmm. um, because of they make chips that are, um, you know, used in in computers and AI, et cetera. And Taiwan Semiconductor, um, which supplies chips to Apple and 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 uh, you know other big tech companies, came out this weekend and essentially warned, like, yeah, this growth ain't going to be everything that you know we thought it was and that it was purported to be over the past couple of months. So Taiwan Semi was down like five uh, percent, I think it was today as we record this podcast, Thursday the twentieth, and. Um, I think that was spilling over to uh, the rest of the sector. Just as we talked about earlier, right? The profit taking, right? People realizing yeah. that the, these markets are a bit of a ball. You can't just say AI and go up every time. Not, not forever. You could <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Supposed to remind you all to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to get all of the updates and market commentary, not just from Mr. Hodge and I, but from our talented group of insightful editors that cover everything from the major indices to the crypto space. That's all I got this week, Mr. Hodge. Anything else you want to get off your chest? No, that's it. I'm good. Um, Everybody have a good week. Be kind to each other. Have a great week out there. Be safe to each other, everybody. Be kind to each other and be safe with each other, right? I'm Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World, number 228. Take care out there, everyone. See you. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.